Today on the CMB Podcast, I met up with singer-songwriter Brady Toops. We talked about his new self-titled album, Life as a Full-Time Unsigned Indie Artist, and much more. So if you're looking to jump into the adventurous unknown of indie entrepreneurship, then I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation. That's what's today on the CMB Podcast, Session 32. Welcome to the CMB Podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host, Nate Fancher. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Christian Music Blog Podcast. I created this podcast to serve artists and songwriters in their journey of music making through eyes of faith. Um, this is a journey that I am personally on myself. I am a, an artist. I am a singer-songwriter. And um, he, here on the podcast, I, I bring on a variety of different folks to interview and to, to basically have a conversation about a lot of different things that matter to me as a musician. It affects my musicianship. It affects the way I approach music making. And so it, that's why I, I feel like this is about a conversation. It's not about me being an expert. But if you're looking to grow in your artistic craft as a musician, as well as develop a, a, a more robust biblical worldview of music making, then I invite you to join us because we, we are all on this same journey together, um, the community of CMB. As uh, some folks have have um, coined CMBites, that's the the name for those of us who are on this journey. So, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I invite you to check out freemusicgift.com, and um, I want to give you a gift just to say thanks in a practical way of checking out our podcast today. So, Brady Toops, as I mentioned in the beginning, he is a singer songwriter. He's an indie artist. He's based out of Nashville. And uh, we had a, a good chat on Skype. Um, uh, we had a mutual friend. It was cool how we met. We were actually on, on Twitter. I think it was um, through a guy named George Bonner. And George, if you're listening to this, then what's up, man? Um, and uh, George uh, is a dear friend of mine. He's out in Texas right now. And uh, he's a guitar player. And and uh, he said, you should meet this guy, Brady. And I guess they were... You know how Twitter works sometimes. You can tag multiple people at once. And uh, so there was this kind of um, Twitter handshake, if you want to call it that. And uh, so we began to talk a little bit and kind of get to know each other. And um, finally set up this interview and uh, just really enjoyed meeting him and talking about his music and how he uh, found himself um, into full-time life as an artist. And so I I think if you're looking at your future and you're wondering, how how do I make this stuff work uh, full-time, if you want to take that step and and move into the unknown of of um, being an artist and having to figure out a way to monetize it and you know so you can feed yourself and especially if you have a family I mean there are so many things you know last week on the podcast we had John Mays who's the A&R of, uh, of centricity and um, you know as he said there are there are three things that that collide together and it's never really that neat and tidy um, and those three things are are, are, are obviously our worship, our, our faith, our relationship with God, which is the most important thing. And then colliding with that is art and 
commerce and having having to figure out these things. So um, anyway, that you know that, that's something that Brady's walking through, and I think in this conversation you'll you'll hear that. So I want to just go ahead and jump right into my conversation with Brady Toops on the CMB podcast, session thirty two. Brady Toops on the podcast today. He is a singer-songwriter, a worship leader based out of Franklin, Tennessee. And um, is it Franklin, man, or is it Nashville? Which Where do you actually live? Nashville, Franklin. I've lived in both. Okay. I, yeah. I currently live in Nashville. Okay, awesome. So um, why don't we start? We have a, a lot we want to talk about, but let's start with just your story and how you came to faith in Christ, how that connects to music for you, and and uh, so that those who don't know you know a little bit about your upbringing and all that. Yeah, I, I grew up in a really small town in Minnesota it's, uh, called New London, town of 900 and some odd people. My my parents, uh, my parents love love God, and we you know we went to church ever since I can remember, and uh, you know it's been uh, it's kind of been. One of those natural progressions, I think my mom got a note home when I was four from the Sunday school teacher saying, Brady accepted Christ in his heart today. <laughs> so uh, I never had a season of rebellion, but I think I had moments, different defining moments, where uh, where God invited me into a deeper place, you know, and different, um, different people coming, you know, came into my life at different times and drew me closer. I had a, I had a youth pastor when I was 16 who, who uh, inspired me to love God as much as anyone ever ever has. And, um, you know, different moments along the way. So how does music play into that? I guess music has always been the mo- one of the most natural things I've, I've known how to do. Um, one of the most natural things that I've, I've loved. And so um, I grew up singing and I grew up leading worship you know my dad was a part-time worship leader he helped out at a church and i would sing in the youth band and stuff so uh yeah it was just kind of the it was kind of the overflow of of how i knew how to express myself Mm -hmm. awesome and and you were um big time into baseball and so somewhere along the way you made this decision to not go pro were you gonna go pro or something like that or how did that all how did that all break well, down for you? I, I did play professionally. Oh, you uh, did play professionally. Yeah. Okay. I played. Um, so growing up, I mostly did did athletics. I mean, I was a football, basketball, baseball player, and baseball was my best sport. And my 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 parents were had a unique combination of um, they were athletic, they were uh, musical, and they were both teachers. Hmm. So. We kind of had this three prong attack. Wow! <laughs> uh, kind of the the best of everything. You're smart, yeah, you know. You're athletic and you're and you're creative. <laughs> I uh, I had a decent gene pool, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, so baseball is my best sport, and I went and played at the University of Arkansas for four years. No way! Seriously? Yeah, I'm a Razorback. Awesome, man! You know, yeah. I'm from Arkansas originally. Really? Yeah, well, yeah. Russellville. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of buddies up at Fayetteville. Yeah. And uh, so I, I played there from 2000 to 2004. Wow, I did not know that. 
That's cool. We had some awesome years. Um, I got to play in three regionals, two super regionals, a college world series. Uh, there's a lot of baseball stories I could tell you. Man, but, um, cool. Then after 04, I got drafted in the 10th round by the St. Louis Cardinals. I played three seasons in the minor leagues. And uh, that ended May 23rd, 2006, when I got called in the office. They sat me down and said, this is the hardest job a manager has to has to make. You know, oh, we've decided to make a change as an organization. We've got to let you go. And that kind of that, that ended that season, although I didn't know if it was completely ended. But nine months later, when I didn't have any other invites. Dude, so you were like, you were playing baseball. That was your, that was your gig. Man, that was 20, I was 25 when I got released about, and uh, so I played ball for 20-some years of my life. Yeah. Wow. Pretty intense. I'd love to know just during that time, especially near the end there, as you were, I'm sure, very busy, just whatever baseball players do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Were you writing songs? Were you being musical on the side or something like that? I was. So for me, music was always my escape. It was always the thing that I came back to to try to, you know, find God and um, find some sort of, you know, peace in the midst of the the storm of baseball. Uh, I picked up the guitar for the first time in college and uh, really just picked the guitar up because I wanted to, I didn't have an outlet to sing or to really worship um, in the context of like, I used to just do it for, you know, the youth worship or different things like that. And I just wanted to sing songs to God in my room, yeah. my dorm room. And uh, a couple months, probably six months go by and somebody finds out that you can kind of play guitar. And they go, man, you want to come play like lead worship at our Bible study? And I'm like, man, I can't even, like my fingers hurt. And like, I don't know how to strum and sing at the same time. <laughs> I still have a hard time clapping and singing at the same time. That's hilarious. So... Yeah. You know, a couple years into that, and you just kind of lead at some random small Bible studies. And then when I was playing ball and I played professionally, that's kind of when I started writing some songs. I had a friend that would shoot me lyrics, and I'd try to put melodies to it. Melodies were pretty natural for me. Um, and then and then in time, lyrics, lyrics started to come as well. But um, I, I didn't really think of it seriously as a career or anything, um, never really did until probably a year after I got released from professional baseball. I thought about maybe I'll try this. Hmm. <laughs> wow. So my is a little different. Probably yeah. than that's, that's awesome though. That's a very unique story. I think that is actually going to be a very interesting part of your story in terms of for new folks as they are introduced to you as an artist, you know, you have that story, um, kind of sets you apart, you know. That's that's a cool yeah. thing. And for me, it, I, I don't. It's it's kind of a. This is how it worked for me. It was it, I was twenty five or so, and I asked God once I knew baseball was, and I said, God, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like He said back to me, um, "This is two thousand seven. What what do you want to do?" And I was like, "Man, I have no idea. Like I'm." I'm really good at being told what to do. Uh, can you just tell me what to do? And I and I felt like he said, "What do you want to do?" And it reminded me that, like, when my when I was 12 years old, my dad sat me down on the edge of my bed and just said, "Son, what what do you want to do? Because whatever you want to do, I want to help you with it. Is that is that being a professional baseball player? Is that you know 
is that a, a career? Is that what, what do you want to do? Let's let's do this together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm and I'm 25, and I feel like God sat me down on the edge of my bed and said the same thing to me, you know. And um, I'm really grateful for a father that that reflected the true father's heart, you know. And wow. at that. At that time, I had no idea because I'd been a part of systems, whether it was the educational system or the athletic system, that was all about kind of conforming and and um, you know and and not sticking, not standing out necessarily in a creative way, but but um, you know joining forces, uh, a team effort, different things like that. And mm-hmm. I took a three month, two month, two three month road trip and tried to answer that question to wow. read it. For what 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 made me feel alive, and that summer of '07 is when I finally said, "I would love to do music," and uh, I, I feel alive when I get to play and sing. And at that point, at that point, I I never recorded. I'd written only a couple songs that weren't very good. I didn't know anything about the business of music. I didn't know anything about even operating a business. Uh, even though I had a business degree, I, I just was like super green. And I, I couldn't even, like in listening to like a, a, a piece of music, a song, I couldn't even tell you what the bass sounded like. I mean, I was, I, 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 music was like, it was always natural, but it wasn't, I wasn't any kind of like prodigy. And I didn't, I didn't have a lot of developed skills. Mm. Uh, uh, but I did have kind of an affinity towards it, you know. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, the last I guess seven years, six, seven years, oh uh, seven, two thousand thirteen. Um, the last six years or so, I've been um, kind of. It's been a one big exploration, mm. uh, and, and it's been awesome. <laughs> I love it. Wow! So that's kind of the rest of my story. Yeah, yeah. And so during that time, you ended up moving down to Franklin. And you teamed up with Anthony Skinner. For those folks who don't know who Anthony is, Anthony is a songwriter um, in Nashville, but he's he's written several songs. I mean, you're going to know more than me about Anthony Brady, but yeah. I know like the song uh, "Your Love Never Fails." Yeah, he co-wrote, um, he co-wrote yeah. that with uh, uh, Chris McClarney. He mm-hmm. helped he helped Chris. Uh, Chris McClarney's phenomenal worship leader. He helped produce some of Chris's first records and. Uh, co-wrote on some stuff i think he wrote a he he's written a lot of songs that jesus culture and bethel have have put on their albums uh, you know he's a real father of uh of kind of the artist worship prophetic worship uh movement and he's kind of the uh, worship leader's worship leader mm-hmm. he's the he's the guy that that Many of us worship leaders have been inspired by through his songs, through his you know, through his writing, through his singing, and yet hasn't necessarily broken into a mass market appeal sort of way. Right. Uh, it, and he was instrumental, seriously instrumental in my life. So you you had a connection with him, and then you, so yeah yeah so so we got we became friends. We had some mutual friends and. Uh, we got connected, and I was looking. I was living in Kansas City at the time, and um, I was looking to do to to be to basically just become become a a better musician, a better songwriter, better in all aspects. And I didn't have anybody around me that I felt like could lead me to where I wanted to go. 
and, and I'd seen Anthony Skinner's stuff and I'd been so inspired and I'd kind of looked at his, his career and his life and I was like, man, this guy, I just, if I could just hang around him and write songs and whatnot. So I reached out to him and said, hey, man, we, do you produce? Do you do artist development? Do you, do you write, uh, co-write, all that kind of stuff? And he got back to me and said, yeah, and invited me out to Nashville and we started, we started writing and I just, honestly, it was just, it was kind of a, it was a God thing, you know, yeah. and it, he, I stayed with him for a week the first time. We just wrote songs, and I probably went in and out of Nashville for about a year. And then eventually he produced a project for me. Uh, and there was something that happened in the midst of getting to just hang around him. You know, uh, I've, heard, I've heard things people say things like, um, uh, a lot of life is, is, is more caught than it is taught. You know, uh, I think that can that, that can be this songwriting can be that. Um, I think a lot of creative things, even things in ministry, are, are a lot more caught than they are taught. And mm-hmm. he was just a real father to me. And so we made a record, I think in uh, 2010, 2011, and uh, I was never going to move to Nashville because I was because I heard it was the place where dreams die, and I heard that it was. <laughs> Like people just going to Nashville to make it, and I didn't care about yeah. making. I just loved music, and I wanted, I wanted to make music, and and uh, so when I went there and I, I spent that time with Anthony, and he introduced me to a bunch of people. I just it felt like family, it felt like home. That's and cool. I was looking for a home, and it in Nashville for me has been a beautiful place because I've been able to collaborate with such amazing, gifted people who have spent years and years developing their craft. And there's something about uh, the, the creative momentum in a city like that. Um, the, when you get to be around it and you want to pursue your craft with the same sort of excellence or the same sort of passion, um, that, it, that, it, that it just benefits you in a, in a massive way. So, so I've loved, loved Nashville. I love the people. I love the culture. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love everything about it. It's awesome. Yeah, I lived there for about a year, actually. So I was. I Did was you not, love? Just I liked it. I I enjoyed it. It was a long time ago. I was nineteen or twenty years old. So I, yeah. I was. Uh, I didn't go to college right out of high school. I moved to Nashville, and it was like, it was a tough time. Yeah, I think for me in the season that I I'm in, it, it's been a really great place. I can definitely see though, if. Uh, I feel like I found myself sort of before I went to Nashville. Mm-hmm. I think there's a 22, 23, 24, 21. There's an interesting place of coming into your own yep. in a lot of ways. And uh, we always come into our own. But there were some things I feel like I had settled since I went to Nashville when I was like 20, 28, you know, or 27 that – that helped kind of anchor me, um, but yeah, man. Anyway, I, it's That's cool. I love it. So, so you did that that first project with with Anthony in 2011, a few years ago. And, and fast forward to today, you've just released your. Is this your first full length? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I think a lot of uh, I've put out stuff in the past, and I usually just subtract the stuff that's not very good. You know, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So when I first started doing music in 07, I made a little EP that some friends helped me out with. And and, uh, and they did a phenomenal job. But I just wasn't as skilled 
and on as a vocalist or as a writer. And so I actually traveled that EP for a year, year and a half, and um, and you can't find it anywhere now. So you're talking about the one that you did with Anthony? No, this is before Anthony. Oh, okay. So uh, I, I, I've, I've kind of been in a process of, of um, you know, uh, putting the best up, best up forward, you know. So so uh, so Anthony helped me with the project, and we released that, and uh, and there was an EP. I made it into an EP and released it, and then and then um, after that, I got connected with David Leonard um, from Alsons and Daughters. Just awesome, awesome guy, really talented, great friend, just stellar like human being, and he helped me work on kind of. Uh, this new this new project and this new project was actually recorded and written probably over the last couple years uh two three years were probably three or four years for songwriting we did the first five songs in 2012 and i and i took that as an ep and traveled around and then and then in 2013 we recorded six more songs and um i put them together and made it into a full length so it probably doesn't matter because I think my fan base is small enough to <laughs> where it's not going to confuse a whole lot of people. Because I think most people uh, who have heard of me or or will hear of me, uh, they'll just be they'll they'll mo- they'll mostly probably stumble upon my music at this point on after you know I I've done the kind of the grassroots thing and. Uh, and grinded it out the last five or six years, which has been which has been awesome. Um, but yeah, this is this is this is I feel like the most this is the best stuff that I've that I've done, and it feels I self-titled it because it feels it feels um, feels true to to who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably because I couldn't figure out a cool title. So. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk a little bit about just you know. There is something awesome, I think, for the artist who is exploring things, who's really, in this day and age, I mean, you have to do so much on your own first anyway. And so in that process, you're learning a lot, you're growing a lot, you're making mistakes, you're learning from those mistakes. Um, I know that we could probably spend a lot of time talking about that, but I'd love to hear a little bit about how you manage yourself. You said that you're, you're kind of on your own team by yourself, but you do have, obviously, some guys you work with, be it David Leonard or Anthony, and you're in Nashville. But in terms of how you um, run the business, for lack of a better way to say it, where did you start? How, how are you? How are you doing that currently? Man, that is a massive question. Uh, it's been trial and error the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I formed an LLC in 2008. Where I started funneling music through, uh, I've I've had to read about everything that I know, whether it's from re- recording to publishing to the royalties. Uh, I've had to learn and study all these things. Um, whether it's you know learning how to keep track of my own accounting, website stuff, um, yeah. managing myself, booking stuff. It honestly, it's just been me doing it, and then reading articles and asking questions and getting around people that have done it. Yeah. And uh, how, how am I currently doing it? I don't know. I get really stressed out um, at times. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, benefit, the benefit of, of 
being a one-man team is that you have to learn how to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably also the, the, uh, the weakness or the, um, the, the drawback of being a one-man team is you got to do everything. Now, now, for me, I was starting from scratch. And mm-hmm. I think you know, every small business, you got to build momentum and you start from scratch. And I had a bit, bit of money saved from professional baseball, not a lot, but, but enough to make a record. Mm-hmm. And to print up some some CDs, and you know, my my whole idea was, well, I don't know how to do this as a career, but if I can get the money coming in, not that it's about the money, but just to practically live. I said, right. I'm about nine months away from having to get a real job. If nothing if nothing works out when I first started, I'll, I'll have to get a real job in nine months. <laughs> and I had a, a career. I mean, I had a I had a degree in business marketing. Although the only reason I chose a degree in business marketing or chose that route is because it had the most amount of multiple choice tests and I was really good at multiple choice. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't like essay stuff. So, uh, man, I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I think the last five or six years, it's been really fun to see it actually the fruit of of all the kind of hard work. I mean, I've put more miles in my car than I care to admit. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in Santa Barbara right now in the midst of this, I think that we're, I'm in the second week of this tour I set up. So my record released on, you know, August 27th. And I literally drove, we've driven, I took an electric guitar player with me and we drove um, 2,500 miles so far. I've got 240,000 miles on my Grand Am. Uh, You know, the benefit of being a solo artist is that you don't have to worry about covering for four or five other guys, you know, yeah. if you need to go by yourself, you can do it. You know, one of the tricks that I've learned as managing myself is to keep your overhead low, to keep your costs minimal, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 just to become to become become great at everything you do. And you got to pay attention to details. And I think the one thing that that has helped me is I kind of have the creative side, but I also have I have a knack for the the mathematical business side as well, mm-hmm. and it's probably from my parents, you know. But oh, and it helps you have some some education in that field as well. So exactly, but yeah. that's hard for people to. It's hard for a lot of artists to keep under control. So some people yeah. need to, to surround themselves with people that can fill the gaps. And I'm getting to a point where I'm feeling a bit maxed out, and so I'm transitioning into a season where I'm going to have to figure out. Um, a little bit more of an ex- expanded team mm-hmm. around me, but uh, but I'm but I'm glad that it's been built this way because I understand every level of the business. I've yeah. talked to guys who are signed with art um, labels, artists who are signed with labels, and um, labels are great. You know, uh, I think labels are trying to figure out what the what the next season of music looks like, mm-hmm. and and what they're able to pull off. Because the the platform has been really leveled through through you know the viral internet through uh, through just the the knowledge that um, that's available to artists. Yep. Uh, but I've talked to guys with labels, and they don't they don't know the steps that go into even things like they don't have they don't always have the relationships like I was asking a guy about PR stuff the other day how 
how do you go about PR? Like, do you know this guy? And the label did it for him. I said, well, how do you go about booking? Well, my booking people does it for me. Well, what does your manager do for you? Well, he does this. I don't really take care of it, you know. And then they have a business manager and all these things. And some of that's really great because they can just spend time on the creative process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but some of it, I'm like, well, what happens if you get dropped tomorrow? What are you going to do? And they have to, they would have to relearn yeah. all this stuff that the label did for them. Now, I don't, I don't want people to live in fear, but I, I like understanding the business and knowing all aspects so, so that, that I, can, I can make wise decisions. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. Being wise about your decisions is huge. And, 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 uh, and when the time does come, if it comes where you wanted to do the label thing, you would have a little bit more to offer. So, yeah, and to protect and yourself. Think, so I think labels are looking for for momentum. They're looking mm-hmm. to to help to help. They see momentum and then they want to help kind right. of blow some wind on that fire. And but uh, you know, here's the other thing. I, I think people look at my life and they they think from a distance it's real glamorous. Um, and from the standpoint of wow, you get to like make music for a living. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do, but probably. Two, three, maybe five percent of my life is is the cool, glamorous part. Um, I would say most of it, ninety five, ninety eight percent of what I do, is really boring and kind of a grind. Now it's it's all towards an end that I really love. I what I'm passionate about is making moments for people, creating moments through song, through story, through worship that. People can experience something. Uh, they can feel something. Something comes alive in them. I, I've had moments through song, through story, that have completely defined me in my life. Like, you know, uh, five minutes or 30 minutes, whatever, that, that have shifted my entire life. And I love to give that gift to people. Well, to be able to do that, everything be- behind, all the grunt work behind that, to offer that few minutes or few moments of 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 that, it 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 it's not all that glamorous at all. <laughs> and and in the midst of my career, I had a conversation with somebody the other day that said, she said to me, uh, there are things that only you can do, and then there are things that you can do, but other people can do as well. There comes a point in an artist's career when you have to shift out of doing everything into doing the things that you do, that only you can do. Yeah. And I don't know, that that shift is probably different for everybody, uh, but I'm starting to look at that and go, what what is smart to outsource? What am I even able to outsource? And... And what do I keep doing myself? So that's that's always a balance. It's always a it's an interesting balance, and I think it's a constant wrestling match. Mm-hmm. But it's been a it's been a fun journey, man. How involved, um, you know? Those I'm sure you're part of a church in Nashville somewhere, and and you have this community of folks that that you do life with, that you're you know accountable to, that that you pursue Christ together, that you're encouraged by. You know how you how do you balance that with the traveling thing and and just I know that's always attention for artists especially who are on the road as far as like friendships go 
and with traveling and community, uh, you, ha- you have to be really intentional. Uh, I've, I've helped lead worship at a number of churches in town. Uh, I'm, uh, in the last six months or so, I've, uh, uh, there's a new church that started in Nashville called Church of the City. Um, and I've, I've helped lead worship at their place and, and I've met some amazing people. And, uh, you know, I think, I think when I come home, I just try to be fully home. And when I'm on the road, uh, the cool thing about being on the road and, and kind of the organic nature of what I do, um, being, being definitely more relational than let's say business driven or let's say, you know, because I do my own booking, and because of what what I've done is mostly through like word of mouth, uh, I get to connect relationally with people all over the United States, and I feel like I have actually pockets of family yeah. in a lot of different areas. You know, I come to Arkansas and I have family. I go to Kansas City, I have family. I go to Minnesota, I have family. That's where I'm originally from. But mm-hmm. uh, California, I've just got really um, there's fathers and mothers uh, all over the place that I've that I've actually intentionally and strategically um, try to get in their lives. You know, I, I tell young people all the time, like, get in the lives of as many fathers and mothers as you can. Go buy them lunch. Go ask them questions. Mm. You know, I, I think it's just so important. I have a really, I have such a value for for fathers and mothers, probably because I've seen the impact my father and my mother have had on me, you know. Yeah. Who've, people who have who have done it, who have gone, who, who can say 30 years, down, look back from 30 years down the road and say, hey, like, have you thought about this? Hey, you know, um, let me help you here. And, you know, I've thought about that verse as well. I think in Matthew 19 where, where the disciples, you know, they basically say to Jesus, say, well, well what, we've left everything. We've given, we've given it all for you. And he says, he says to them, you know, I tell you the truth, like, any, anyone who, who has left uh, houses or lands or, you know, father or mother or brothers or sisters or homes or whatever, for my sake and the gospel, will, will receive a hundredfold fathers, mothers, houses, lands, brothers, mm-hmm. sisters in this life right. and in the next life, uh, in, the, in the next age, eternal life. And um, I've been really fortunate to see, to see that be a reality. In, uh, in my life, you know, uh, even though I don't own a home, I've got homes all over the United States. <laughs> I've got fathers and mothers all over the country. And, uh, and I also have a, a, a core group of friendships back in Nashville, creative people, um, just who, who I let speak into my life, who I speak into their life, who we, we meet regularly and we inspire one another and, and you know... Uh, I think accountability is less about uh, behavior and sin management, and I think it's more about um, um, seeing the greatness in each other and um, inspiring that greatness to come forth. So I have those kind of people, and I'm really grateful for it. Very cool. Well, why don't we just wrap up our time by um, talking a little bit more about the uh, the new album, Brady Toops, self-titled, as you, as you already said. Um, what would be probably your most personally like your favorite song the one that means the most to you um the one that you always play whenever you play somewhere you know and um and then how can folks find out more about it and where can they get it yeah 
so hard, man. I love a lot of the songs on the record. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's a good problem to have. Uh, the first track, By the River, is definitely a favorite. It's kind of my story. It's kind of my faith journey. It's a, a lot of the songs are prayers. Uh, some are stories. Some are hymns. I've got some some spirituals, mm-hmm. old vibey spirituals and some worship tunes. And one of my favorite songs is probably probably Lord Have Mercy. It encompasses a lot of those things. Uh, I co-wrote it with my friend Mia Fields. And I would say David Leonard did a phenomenal job at, at a voicing kind of that song and um, putting it together. He did a phenomenal job producing the entire record. Alsons and Daughters, they're an amazing band. And mm-hmm. he's, he's if, it, if you don't know who he is, he's, he's one of the, there's a duo, there's Leslie and David, and he's, he's David in yeah. <laughs> Alsons and Daughters. And uh, man, he, he just brought to life uh, these songs in a beautiful way. Uh, but Lord of Mercy was kind of this, this idea that when I come to you in prayer, Lord of Mercy, and when I wonder if you're there, Lord of Mercy, when I cannot find the way and should my heart begin to stray. And there was kind of this journey that in all seasons of life, in the, the third verse says, you know, and when I see your promises, Lord of Mercy, when I, knowing well that I'm blessed, you know, in the suffering and in the joys, all of it, um, Lord, would you show me your loving kindness? You know, mercy is often translated a couple of different ways in the mm-hmm. Bible. Love and kindness, mercy. And there's a verse in Psalm 92 that says, it is a good thing to praise the Lord in the morning to declare His love and kindness or His tender mercies and in the evening to remember His faithfulness. And it ends with this kind of, this corporate and uh, anthemic uh, declaration of how great is your faithfulness. And uh, as far as capturing kind of the singer-songwriter, artist, worship, Thing, it probably is most accurately um, fills kind of all those buckets, you know. So that's one of my favorite ones. And uh, we redid Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. I wrote yeah. a brick to it. And I love that one just because it has the soul. Yeah. Anything that has soul and helps you just kind of get inside the music, I love. Mm. Uh, uh, anyway, you can check out the album. I'm really proud of it. Um, hopefully it takes you back. Um, people ask me, why? how do you sound like how you sound? And uh, and I say, well, I grew up in a small church in in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota. We we sang hymns and um, sat in pews, and so I had a real you know real appreciation for um, kind of some of the depth in the language and that kind of thing. And and then I would go home and lock myself in my room and sing sing at the top of my lungs to boys and men. And so I think <laughs> I, I fell in love with 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 soul yeah you know, with music that has soul in it and then i hit puberty and started singing lower and so uh, <laughs> that, that's kind of that's kind of my music in a nutshell i tell people if you if, and, and then and then you know i read a quote by john mayer the, the other day and he said it was my failed attempt to sound like all my heroes that 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 caused me to sound to fall into you know my sound to yeah. sound like that's and it. I would say that with my music. This this, this album is probably my failed attempt to sound like John Foreman, uh, uh, Chris Martin, Johnny Cash, and and uh, you know all yeah. the boys to men in a small small way. <laughs> uh, how can people get it? I mean, you can find it on my website at bradytubes.com. You can find it on iTunes. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of ways to find it. You can you can 
find me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all those things that take up probably too much time. And, uh, <laughs> um, but, but no, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm really thankful for everybody that had a, had a say in it. I had uh, numerous friends who gathered around me as an independent artist who just championed me in what I do uh, on so many levels. I think we're always discovering, um, uh, discovering kind of like, well, what's our brand? Like, what's my sound? What's my brand? What's a whatever? And everything from David Molnar to taking the photo to Kyle Trafton to helping me with videos. Um, we had some really cool performance videos that I did on YouTube called the Chapel Sessions of five songs that you can check out. Um, Come On Home is one of my favorites on that one. I had friends, um, Michaela McClare, Jesse Parker, early, they sang with me. Uh, you know, I, I had I had some amazing mixing uh, mixers and engineers, J Jared Fox and Seth Talley and amazing players. You know, I, I stole all these guys from Nashville who are young and awesome. Uh, from from uh, Jacob Schrote to um, Toby Friesen, uh, just you know, incredible people to write with. Anthony Skinner, David Leonard, Mia Fields. Anyway, this like album is like what it looks like when a bunch of friends get together and try to make great art. And, and, and I hope that's what people find in the midst of the music, you know, they f feel something, they have moments, they feel something organic, um, that touches a deep place in them. And, uh, and it's been fun to, to kind of see it, see it launch and, and, and reach some new faces, new ears. And, um, who knows what's going to happen, but I, I know that I love, love, love playing music and, and love being able to give that gift to people. Yeah. Dude, it's awesome. Yeah, well, I really appreciate your time today coming on the podcast and, and sort of kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit and talking about life on the road, life as a solopreneur, indie artist. Um, but it sounds like you are surrounded by a lot of great people. I mean, living in Franklin and, or Nashville, as you, as you mentioned, that's a, that's a very important thing, having that community. And man, that was so powerful, too, uh, what you talked about in terms of the just the illustration that, that Christ gives about all the families and the houses and the mothers and fathers. and It's very cool. Life is better shared and art is better done together. Yeah, so. right on. I so it. I will include all the links. For those of you listening, I'll include all the links um, for Brady's stuff in, in the show notes for today. And um, make sure you'll get all that you need on Brady Toops. But Brady, thanks again for being on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for reaching out. So head over to christianmusicblog.com forward slash session 32 and you'll see all of the links, all of the show notes for today's episode. I also included a, a YouTube video that I came across. Uh, he mentioned he played baseball at... U of A, University of Arkansas. Um, you know, I'm from Arkansas, and so we, we had that connection. And uh, so I, I, came, I came across this awesome video of a Grand Slam moment where he hit a home run and, and brought the Razorbacks into the lead in a, in a baseball game. It's a pretty cool moment. So you can go over there and watch that video. And, uh, and then, of course, see all of the, all of the links to his stuff. And um, I think at the time of, of that interview, that was several weeks back, he's actually now uh, back home off the road. And I'm sure he's going to be 
doing something new here soon as far as uh, any tour dates or things like that. So head over to BradyToops.com, as he mentioned, and uh, you can find out more there. He blogs regularly about different things um, re- related to his music, and um, and it's just really cool. So actually, I want to want to send this out actually with a song of his. Um, it is called Lord Have Mercy. It's from his his new album, and uh, we'll head out with this song. But uh, before I let you go, I just want you to um, remember to go over to freemusicgift.com for those of you who are, are new with us and uh, get that free download. And um, it's just my way of saying practically thank you and I uh, would love to, to have you sign up for our email list as well. You can do that there. But um, next week on the podca- podcast, very excited to have Bob Coughlin on uh, session 33. And we talked about the parable of the talents and his, his new talk uh, that he gave at the Worship God Conference called Faithful to Grow. Very important conversation about that um, that we had. So that's next Friday, so we'd, we'd love to have you back, tuning back in. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks again for checking out the podcast today. Uh, we'll send you out with this song. This is Brady Tubes, and it's called Lord Have Mercy.
thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.